Hello, my friends. Welcome to another episode of Shining Through. Today, I want to talk about the important words, I'm sorry. Studies show that the average person apologizes about 2,920 times a year. That means that we as a people are saying sorry about eight times a day. And my guess is that most of those sorries really aren't genuine. You know that there's that sorry scale that we all kind of know and interpret when someone says I'm sorry. On one end, we have the forced I'm sorry. This is when my toddler is complying and saying I'm sorry with his head down and he's mumbling sorry. That's basic number one. There's zero sorry in that, right? And then there's that socially awkward situation where somebody sarcastically says I'm sorry because they feel like they have to for the social pressure. It would be kind of bad form for them not to, but they really don't mean it. And then there's the I'm sorry that uh, comes because you want to do your part, feel like you're responsible, you're cleaning it up. I- I'm-, I'm sorry that, that I was wrong and-, and I wronged you. Even though that person's I'm sorry is a little more genuine, these versions of I'm sorry are still all about the person who is saying I'm sorry. And the majority of society approaches I'm sorry in that way. They say it to kind of relieve the pressure of whatever it was that happened. But a true I'm sorry isn't about you. It's about who you are apologizing to. So let's break down why we say sorry in the first place. There's two different reasons why we say I'm sorry. One of the reasons it's so frequent to hear the word I'm sorry is because people say it when something undesirable happens that actually wasn't their fault. It sounds like this. I'm so sorry that your dog died or that you lost your job or that you got sick. They say sorry to give support or to relate to the person who is struggling. And sometimes people respond and say, well, you don't need to apologize. It wasn't your fault. But this actually misses the mark of what sorry is for. If you break down the root of the word sorry, it connects to the same root as the word sorrow. So to say I'm sorry truly at its root is to connect with someone else's sorrow. You feel that in you and they feel it in them. It's a form of empathy to say I'm sorry. And when we honor that and recognize that, The second form of I'm sorry becomes a true I'm sorry. This second form is when something undesirable happens, but it is your fault. You did something that made it easy for someone else to experience sorrow. And a true I'm sorry will honor that and connect to the sorrow within them. But remember, the beginning parts of the sorry scale, that sorrow is still selfish. You're thinking about relieving your sorrow. A true I'm sorry acknowledges the sorrow someone else is feeling with the goal of helping mend that relationship and ease that burden. Over the years, I've picked up tools and tricks to help create a better environment for this true I'm sorry. Some shout outs to Crucial Conversations and Stephen Covey's Habits, lessons I've learned in therapy, coaching, things that I've pulled together to help me and my family create this true environment for I'm sorry. And here's how it looks in my house. We don't just say the words, I'm sorry. It drives me crazy when somebody just walks up and says, I'm sorry. What are you sorry for? That's number one rule at my house. You can't say I'm sorry 
you have to say, I'm sorry for blank. If it's my boys, I'm sorry for hitting you or taking your toy or being unkind or whatever it is. It shows accountability that you know what you've done and you're ready to make it right. The next part of an I'm sorry in my house is that you ask if the other person wants to talk about their feelings. This honors the principle of seek to understand before being understood. And this is really hard for my kiddos sometimes because all they want to do is explain why they did the wrong thing so that the other person isn't so mad. But when you practice seeking to hear someone else first, it naturally diffuses the tension in the relationship and invites more connection for you to work through things together. As my kiddos get older, I also help them reflect back what they heard the other person say. So up to this point, it goes like this. I'm sorry for blank. Do you want to talk about your feelings? And then they share their feelings. And then the person saying I'm sorry reflects back. I hear that you felt like I was not being kind or respectful. Is that true? And it gives space to have a conversation for that person to feel heard. Because the I'm sorry is about connecting with them. And then once they feel heard and understood, you ask for forgiveness and see if there's anything else that you need to do to help make the situation right. This brings a spirit of unity and of healing so that anything else that they have on their heart, they're able to share. And then they can truly forgive and let it go. When there's two willing people to have this connecting, I'm sorry, it is such a beautiful thing. It can also be a very rote, memorized, just robotic thing in my household. Sometimes my kiddos just blow through this exercise in 30 seconds. It sounds like this. I'm sorry for hurting you. Do you want to talk about your feelings? No. Will you please forgive me? Yes. Anything else I can do to help? No. And then they turn to me and say, Mom, can I be done? And I smile a little bit and sometimes invite them to say it from their heart and invite the person to actually share their feelings and say that they forgive them and mean it. And we work on making it a true I'm sorry over time as they get older. But every once in a while, I see the fruits of that practice when one of my boys comes up with a truly repentant heart. This happened a few days ago with some Legos. My one son smashed my other son's Lego set. And he was so frustrated with his little brother because he'd been letting him play with his Legos and he didn't respect the thing he was sharing. And at first, my older son wanted to lecture him and tell him all the reasons why he was doing things wrong. And my younger son just wanted to be defensive and tell him why it wasn't that big of a deal. And it started building and building. But we took a little break and I talked to each of them individually. And then they came back. And my sweet younger son took a breath and from his heart said, I'm so sorry that I broke your Legos. I know they're special to you. Do you want to talk about your feelings? And my older son started off in a rant, but then calmed his heart down and truly shared how he's been trying to be kind to my younger son, but it's making it hard for him to want to be kind when he does things like this. And I could see my younger son understanding the perspective of my older son. Then to help it really sink in, I helped him practice that reflective listening. So he told him what he heard to make sure that they both 
understood. That right there is going to make it more likely that positive behaviors will happen in the future. After my older son felt heard, my younger son said, Will you please forgive me? And the older one softened and said, I forgive you and I love you. And then there was this moment where my younger son still wanted to share his part of the experience. And because he had said a true I'm sorry, my older son had space to hear him. While sharing, it came out that it wasn't just that son who had smashed the Legos. My youngest boy had also participated, but none of us had got that message because it was so heated that we hadn't deciphered some of the truth. Because let's be honest, when people are in anger and fighting and their hearts are at war, they don't have space to see what's true. Creating that connection, getting curious about how other people are feeling, reflecting to make sure that you understand, that creates a safer environment for us to look at things through the eyes of truth. This happened to me personally with a good friend of mine years ago. We had had a falling out and both of us were very, very hurt. This is one of my closest friends. And so I wanted to resolve this issue, find that peace and that safety in the relationship again. But every time we came together and tried to resolve it, there was just such tension. I felt like I had owned my part of it. She felt like she had owned her part of it. But there still was sorrow that wasn't being acknowledged. And I couldn't figure out what to do. We'd have conversations for hours. And then I'd just bawl. I'd just cry and cry and cry. Because I just was so depleted. Feeling like I was giving everything I could. And it never was going to get better. We knew the right words to say. But the connection was gone. Eight months we went through this. And then I found coaching. And coaching taught me that my relationship with someone else is made up of my thoughts about them. And their relationship with me is made up of their thoughts about me. And in that moment, I realized that it wasn't my actions that I needed to say sorry for. It was the state of my heart. I had protected my heart, pushed her out of it, and was trying to resolve things before I was willing to open up my heart again. It had actually been multiple years since we had talked, and I reached out to my friend and said, I'd like to try again and resolve any conflict that we have between us. My heart was at war with you when we were struggling, and I am sorry. I'm sorry that my heart did not have space to truly see and hear the sorrow that you were experiencing. Once we got to that level of I'm sorry, all the tension evaporated because my goal was to support her in her sorrow and show her that unconditional love. It wasn't until I got to that point was I able to truly let it go. We're still not the best of friends, and that's okay, but I don't feel the weight of it never resolving. I don't feel the desire to fight and prove that I really actually didn't do anything wrong, because that's not true. But it took me letting go of my pride and being willing to say it from my heart. Where in your life 
can you find that same relief where you let go of something that has been burdening you, a relationship tension that doesn't need to be there? Is there a true I'm sorry that you can say where you have space to receive how the other person is feeling? Tap into the sorrow that they may have experienced and be willing to release your need to be right. Here's a recap of what a true I'm sorry looks like. First, say what you are sorry for. Second, create a safe space for them to share their feelings and even reflect back so that they feel heard and understood. Third, Ask for forgiveness because that releases any negative tension or energy that may have built up in the relationship. And fourth, offer to help. See if there's anything else you need to do to reconcile the relationship and help what happened now or prevent something from happening in the future. This true I'm sorry can help you heal your relationships and release any darkness and heaviness that you might be feeling. Don't just say the words, I'm sorry. If my littles can do this, so can you. But sometimes it's hard to get over that pride. Sometimes we just want to fight and say we're right and prove it to them that they shouldn't be mad at us. In those moments, hit your knees and turn to prayer. He will help teach you what peace is yours. It may be as simple as a warring heart. Tension in a relationship takes two people. There is always a piece that you can offer a vulnerable I'm sorry and help it move forward. Because what we truly want is to connect with those people that we love. Who in your life needs a true I'm sorry? If you approach this question in prayer, the Spirit will not only tell you who that person is, but also give you the courage to be able to mend that relationship. I believe in you, my friend. You can do this. And I promise that you will be so liberated when you're willing to say a true I'm sorry. Keep shining, my friends. Have a blessed day. Healing is possible. If you feel stuck on your healing journey, you do not have to stay there. I've created an empowering quiz that helps you know exactly why you're stuck, what phase you're at in your healing journey, and gives you three simple things you can do right now to help you move forward. All you have to do is go to thelightcoach.com slash quiz and take this free five-minute quiz. I promise it will help you move forward and create that life of peace, hope, courage, and joy that you want to live. It simply starts by taking a quiz and seeing what's possible. I can't wait to see what you create next.